Welcome back to Rewinding the Week with Kay and Jay. How you doing, Kay? I'm here. It's good to see you. I am you. here. We are yes, joined with two great friends of the show and friends of mine. Uh, we have Anthony Green, the director and writer of the upcoming film, The Souls of Black Pebbles. How you doing, Anthony? Bonjour. How are everybody doing out there? All right, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you since what uh March of this year. We, we haven't physically seen each other, but we talked um quite a bit. <laughs> yes, I, I added you into my favorites, so <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by the uh producer of the souls and black pebbles and also a actor um who starred in one of Anthony's uh, plays the Twin Boys Exhale. We have Jamil Smith. Hey. Hello, everybody. Good evening. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining with us today. Uh, we want to talk to you about your upcoming film, The Souls of Black Pebbles. Um, it's a social horror film about a Black gay Republican haunted by the ghost of a murdered, unarmed Black man. Uh, this plot explores society's fear of Black bodies and the concept of sexual soul ties. The second screening for The Souls of Black Pebbles will take place at DuPont Underground, September 26, 2001. Two shows, 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. So get your tickets on Eventbrite. We'll drop in the link so you can um, fill up DuPont Underground. So, Anthony, my first question is to you. What inspired you to uh, do this film during the time of COVID? Oh, okay. So, some questions ain't in the order of the list. You done thrown me off. <laughs> You're going out scripting. Okay. No, it's, what's, what's the inspiration for the day of your, your production company? How about that, Anthony? <laughs> I'm ready for that question. Okay, go ahead. Thanks for asking that, Jamal. So, um, <laughs> first productions. Um, so, the legendary uh, Maya Angelou poem like helped me through like some really dark days in my life. So, I came up with the idea of doing this uh, writing contest for students in the juvenile system and the alternative schools program. I wanted something that like symbolized like writing, saving people's lives, and freeing them from. Like feeling like actual cage birds. Now, cage birds started as a writing contest, right? And then you did successful plays, a comedy sketch. What inspired you to get into the film industry? Good question. So the all right. So the first time I like did something with cage birds outside of the writing contest was something called the Black Box. And I did that back when I was living in Memphis. Um, this was like a series of short plays that was written by um, the community. Like I wrote some pieces, um, different uh, members wrote pieces, and it was just all about the realities of being like black and gay in Memphis. And all of our stories kind of joined together to like create this larger tapestry, like as the community does. And um, it was. It was an eye-opening experience, but it was also like the springboard of me like starting to use the arts um, in my job as working in like uh, doing HIV prevention. 
Um, and it also kind of highlighted the need for more cultural events that like feed the soul of like the black gay community. Like so much of like the gatherings that we have are like, I don't know, they're alcohol based or sex focused or they're or, like kind of more superficially focused, kind of like leaving us empty at the end. So Cage Burst Productions strives to like make our audience feel full and feel seen. Awesome. Um, I worked with you in the past, as uh, I mentioned, uh, with uh, when you, the Boys to Exhale, when Boys to Exhale, based off the famous film, uh, Wait to Exhale. And so being part of that project and also part of this film uh, is very inspirational and I believe just aligns with what I want to work with in the Black and queer community. My next question. Go ahead. Oh, we got we got a shout out to all the things that you have done in this oh, film. Thank um, you. Hello, yeah, very active. Yeah, with casting, with staffing, and um, advertising when we needed help, filling like all the the crew positions. Nobody stepped on this set without going through Jamal first. Thank you. It was my friend. <laughs> yeah, and he was very very sweet and kind. <laughs> yes. To everyone who had to go through him. Yeah. <laughs> we call him Paula. <laughs> we would have had our kid understudies for these actors. If, <laughs> if, if I had my way, I, I would have. Uh, I was known as Paula, and the casting experience was amazing to do with you, Jamil, and Anthony, and uh, reading the script. It, it reminded me of back in my old times of theater production at Old Domain. So thank you. Jamil. Can we talk about the casting experience a little bit? Yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. Yeah. So um, I was Paula. You know, <laughs> that was nice. I think it was between uh, Anthony and Jamil. One of them was Simon, depending on who it was. <laughs> Randy. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about it. What, what was your experience with the casting, Jamil? What do you think? Um, well, there were some rough auditions. <laughs> um, there was <laughs> it was it was a fun. It, it was a very exciting process. We were doing it all through Zoom, mm -hmm. so that was something new to get used to. But um, you know, we seen some great auditions, and we seen you know just like American Idol, since we're making the comparison. We saw some absolutely dreadful auditions and some very, very stellar performances. <laughs> but yeah. the audition process is really where I appreciated having both you and JT at the same time because, you know, Jamal, you're Paula, you're always only seeing a positive in everybody. And, you know, JT's a little bit more critical. You know, Paula want to give all her babies a chance and fix it. <laughs> Want to make sure we know that that is not how they do it in Hollywood. <laughs> that is his line. That is not how they do it in Hollywood. <laughs> so, like, what's funny is we are doing the artist search. Uh, we were doing the artist search for uh, artists to showcase their work. And I had put out the marketing for it to help get everybody together. And so we had about 30 people wonderful talented people who wanted to participate and Jamil uh 
Anthony was like, okay, I need you to consolidate this list. And I was like, you want Paula to choose the artist because it was gonna be hard because everyone in my opinion was good, but you know, not everyone went with the message what we were trying to show, but you know, I've just been rejected so many times. I just couldn't uh, influence that on anybody. So uh, I, I let Simon take care of that. So yeah, go ahead. That's a great quality to have though. Yes, and, and nobody, you know, everybody enjoyed that part of the audition. You know, they didn't have anyone telling them that they sucked. Uh, Jamal was definitely very encouraging, so nobody left with their tail tucked between their legs. <laughs> and for me, like, I was ultimately looking for, like, not who was the most talented or popular or accomplished actor. Like, I wanted somebody who really wanted to be a part of this particular project and not just kind of build their build their resume somebody who could grasp the character and make actual acting choices whether good or bad uh can they take direction will they be on time and like ultimately cage birds productions like is a community experience right so like it's this for us by us vision of black queer artists involved in like all stages of the production process so i wanted to attract artists who that means something to yeah, it, it was definitely a movement. Uh, friend, my, my co-host, Ken, um, aside from OnlyFans, have you auditioned for any, <laughs> anything, uh, a, a film, a play, or anything? you ever auditioned for anything? I have not. Um, and you know, it would have been nice to have that experience. I was going to ask, as you guys were talking about the audition, who struggled to keep a straight face through a lot of these auditions. Um, something tells me that Anthony probably was struggling with keeping a straight face because he, you know, everybody has great facial expressions, but just in this Zoom, I'm like, he, he probably was so afraid. <laughs> but you know, there was one audition. Who was a friend of ours? There was one audition. Right after the audition, after we got off Zoom, when, <laughs> when it was Jack Anthony off. and I left, after the other person had got off, we stared at each other for about a good, <laughs> like a good two minutes. <laughs> Damn, they're pissing myself. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because everybody also don't really like have our Zoom audition etiquette. Uh, one, make sure you have some clothes on. I don't want to see you auditioning in your drawers. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yes, that's important. Yes. Zoom wow. is you can just take your camera off. I think Jamil and I mainly did some of the reading, so we had to keep a straight face. Now, I did have some moments I'm like, oh, wait, what part are you on? You know, uh, I, I think someone had did it on, on their note cards instead of the uh, the script, you know. Yeah. So they consolidated the script and, and it was wrong. <laughs> yeah, they went wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, those Jamal, are, those was are the moments. One, Jamal, there was one that I, I sat in with you where the person was just awful. And at the end, you had such so many nice things. <laughs> <laughs> this the actor, this the motherfucking actor, right? Right. 
help me understand some of the mistakes that I make as an actor. You know, it's easier to see it through the lens. Of, you know, when you're when you're looking at someone else, it's easier to say, oh, they could have done this, they could have done that. And then you think about when you were in the situation, like, oh, well, you know what? I could have done this when I was acting in a similar role. So I think it's very helpful being in the actor's shoes when you are a producer. You have a better understanding of what they should be doing. Just like, you know, with Anthony directing, him having experienced acting before can say, okay, no, you should be doing this, especially since he wrote it. And can I add that the actors love themselves some JT, as critical as he is, he has a way of delivering, um, like let's say they got a line wrong, JT mm -hmm. just gently come over with the script and just point to what the hell they should have said. And they respect that and like that, whereas me, I'm just like, girl, that ain't what I wrote. But just with their finger, and they, they, love, they love when JT give them that finger, baby. Yes, I heard. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, you know, you know that that was priceless. <laughs> yes, you know. Well, that's good because you have. So you're building the character. You're also building the film, but you're also um, influencing and building that person who may want to go into a career of acting, whether it be film, television, or theater. And so honesty, you know, where I would have been like, oh, that's the right line. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to prepare. Like Anthony said, Kate Birds like gives like a sense of community. When you're working on a Kate Birds uh, project, so it's kind of getting them prepared because for some they had not done a film before, mm -hmm. and it is not going to be that easy working for some directors and producers. Right. So kind of making them work work hard and understand that you may get one set um and you know you may get casted in a role and you may not get any chance to rehearse with your scene partner that was a courtesy that we gave some of the actors just because we have a strong sense of community but like that, like he said, that ain't how they do it in Hollywood. No. Yeah. <laughs> and just because they're cast, it doesn't mean the work is done. Mm -hmm. You need to be preparing and getting ready for that table read because as uh who was it? Was as Golden Brooks found out, you can be fired from a table read even after you have been casted, baby. You should mm -hmm. constantly be working. You know, I was watching uh Bridgerton uh interview with reggae john page and i was talking about working with shonda rhimes for the first time for the people's court or whatever the court show that it was um sorry reggae i'll call you later um but <clears throat> he basically was saying when he went to the table read you know shonda rhimes came and said i want the script read how it's written you know don't change no words the executive producers the people who worked and wrote this worked hard for it don't be changing the ad lib in no words so that goes to your point you can be five because there's plenty of people who want the part 
And like JT said, we like overextended ourselves for the cast to make sure that we did um, personal one-on-one rehearsals. Um, we got like everybody who's in your scene together with you and, and did rehearsals for each scene just to make sure that everybody felt comfortable by being there first time and just felt like supported by the team. Awesome. Now, <clears throat> I want to go to your first screening. Uh, my friend Ken, he went to Nashville, uh, but not too far from Nashville, uh, Memphis, right? And so Memphis is where you're from, Anthony, and you did the Memphis Pride screening for the Souls of Black Pebbles, and the cast and crew joined you. How was that experience? Oh my God, it was amazing. Shout out to Tri-State Pride and um, the Unleashed Voice and uh, Gavin Gwen Clemens for inviting us to come. Um, that screening was, uh, that was our safety net because, you know, Memphis doesn't get a lot of like black boy films coming through and I'm from the community. I knew everybody would really appreciate it. And the reaction we got during like our discussion was really overwhelming. Um, people were asking to donate. They were um, thanking us for providing like a film of substance that, that made me feel good. And I was just kind of shocked how like engaged and entertained people were with the characters and the whole trip in general. Taking some of my Cage Birds family from DC, driving all the way to Memphis, it was quite the bonding experience. But um, also just getting to like have these artists see an audience enjoying their work, like that was priceless. Awesome. What about you, Jamil? Was that your first time in Memphis? That was my very first time in Memphis or in Tennessee as a state. I had never been to Memphis or to Tennessee, period. Um, it was a great experience. Um, Anthony was a great host to have because Anthony did try to make sure that we were all taken care of and that we got to experience all of Memphis pride. Um, you know, he couldn't stop our wardrobe person from being accosted. <laughs> really? It was like that? Yeah, we oh, had some racial discrimination. Mm -hmm. we, we really did, actually. Uh, well, Anthony, Anthony and I weren't there for it, but, but we definitely got the phone call. Anthony got the phone call. <laughs> during our trip um i was like so proud that my people was acting right and showing confidence that we know how to act um like one of our editors like she lost her phone at a party and somebody returned it to her that's great wow she, in my day. <laughs> she wouldn't have got it back wow you you know uh when anthony was anthony vince to me about stuff dealing with the film and what he you know, he let people know what's what it is and what it's not. I'm like, oh, this is Memphis coming out. I don't even know what sign you are, Anthony, but I just know it's Memphis coming out. You know, uh, so that is amazing. Um, my last question for you, well, too, is, um, and I'll start with uh, Jamil. Is what do you hope people would get out the film when they um, see it in DC, and then when it's distributed? and streaming DVDs or however you want to see it distributed, what do you hope people get out of this social horror film? What I really hope people get out of this is to kind of break away from what they have traditionally been taught 
when it comes to spirituality, like as far as seeing anything that has a black face to it being something demonic or not of God, I really hope many of us can break free of that mentality. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, you had to turn from that. That was a mining. You were letting spirits in this house. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, we all, I think everyone on here has has heard that before. Like, what we grew up seeing was a white Jesus with long flowing hair in a robe. And that was the good thing to see. That was the right thing to see. Anything else, oh, it's demonic. We don't want that in our house. Cut it off. <laughs> So I really hope that we can kind of get people to see the other side and break away from that. All right, thank you. What about you, Mr. Director and writer? I always try to like spark conversation in my work. So like the Kido uh, Cage Burns production is taking some type of like genre um, or some type of like popular pop culture work that doesn't have the black gay perspective and then infusing it and making it black and gay as hell. And um, just like exploring these like issues that affect the black gay men in a way that I hope affirms our negative, our, our narratives, um, affirms our lived experiences and just um, creates a space where we can engage with a reflection of ourselves on screen. We don't have any opportunities to do that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> and last but not least, and this is for anyone here uh, on this call here, uh, what would you say to someone um, who wants to pursue a film, who wants to write, who wants to direct, wants to act, and they feel like they're up against the wall and, and they don't know how. Um, does, do any of you have any words of encouragement for our listeners? Oh, uh, I'll go. So my word would be just do it. Like, um, so I had so many people telling me that you can't shoot a film for less than $100,000. You can't shoot a film during the pandemic. Um, if you focus on the resources you don't have, you'll never make a move. Like the greats are the greats, not because of their budget, of their equipment, or their resources, but they know how to make the best of what they have. Even you gotta say shot by iPhone, <laughs> you know, or in you know Anthony's case, Android. Um, <laughs> just, just to let you know, um, I know how he mentioned that most people say you can't shoot a film for less than a hundred thousand dollars. This film was shot for you know. I'm not even gonna let you guess. Three thousand dollars. It was shot on a three thousand dollar budget. Uh, a stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You know. Without the without the child income credit. Yeah. Right. Say that again. I'm not still waiting it. on that. Yes. I wish I did have kids back in '08. <laughs> I wish I did too. <laughs> but that, that is great because, you know, people might say, oh, I've seen this before. It's been done before. And, you know, uh, why are you doing that? You should be different. But you got to go after your dream no matter um, the obstacles and, and don't focus on that. 
And I want to conclude with a question we used to ask those we interviewed <clears throat> for our position, I mean, for the positions for the cast and crew. And uh, I'm going to start with my co-host here, Ken. What is your favorite horror film or social horror film or series, if you have one? Uh, I would say American Horror Story. Um, you know, it has a, a, yeah, it has a lot of versatility. You you don't know what you're going to get from season to season. Um, but you know, everybody that is acting in that really puts in their all. So I enjoy it. Um, and you know, sometimes you get some of those moments where you're like, they really shouldn't have done that. But I appreciate that too. So that's my favorite. All right, JT. I love a good slasher. So um, Scream is definitely one of my favorites of all time. And I love the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. Love it. Awesome. And it's the director. I'm going to say the souls of Black Pebbles. JT, I want to thank you, my co-host, and for joining with us today. Guys, please check Wait, out. Wait, I have one more question. Go ahead. I want to know what people think about, you know, people not getting their income from OnlyFans. I have left, you know, and I'm going on about my business, but what about the people that, you know, really survive off of the ads? And this is actually more so a serious question because it is a lot in the community that have been, you know, doing this. So any thoughts from anybody? Well, I was, I think me and Anthony was talking about having uncaged birds um, as the platform. Because <laughs> 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 they are unhinged, honey. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, I think um, from what I understand, Tiger is um, starting his own uh, platform where people can actually share that type of content. Um, okay. And I, you know what? I would encourage people to support it because it's black owned. Um, you know. Can you do gay stuff though? And, right. <laughs> I well, mean, it's still just my friends. It's, it's still just for fans. Okay. So you got just for fans as well as whatever new um, platform that Tiger is going to be using. So, I mean, I would encourage everybody to go go over there. OnlyFans is going to hurt. They're going to be hurting big time after this. But there's always another platform that can be used. 
-hmm. Like there's always another actor, there's always another opportunity, and there's always somebody else. Okay, but love, you better speak that wisdom into us, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, um, I had my Riesling here for our Rewinding the Week segment for you guys. What are you drinking, Anthony? I had my own little uh, <laughs> green cocktail. It's gone now. I got, uh, what is it? Shrek nut? Because it's like. Shrek <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. We need to um, find out what the recipe Okay, go ahead. Anyways. Well, thank you guys so much. It was so good to see you virtually, Anthony, Jamil, as well as Ken. Uh, thank you so much. And I will. Be in touch. Don't forget, for the Souls of Black Pebbles, DC screening takes place September 26th at 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. Both shows followed by with a panel discussion as well as representation of Black Queer Lives Matter art. So thank you guys so much. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. Tickets are available on Eventbrite, and we're going to drop the link uh, for you guys to support um, our black film. So thank you guys so much. And I'll thank see you y'all. later. Bye. Black.